in the early days of the zero waste movement, like five to 10 years ago, it really was that like you had to be perfect as an individual. And that was all that mattered. And I'm really happy to see that it's shifting more towards if you use one piece of plastic, you're not killing the planet as an individual. If you have to take a flight, it's probably fine. And more focusing on big government action. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Mind, Body, Planet podcast. This week's episode, we have Emma, who is the founder of The Simple Environmentalist. The objective for today's podcast is we're just going to be talking with Emma about how she keeps sustainability as simple as possible, her journey with sustainability, how she has kind of fallen into content creation, and what that journey has looked like for her. And it's a lot of advice. This is a very advice-heavy episode where we're going to really try and hone in some concrete examples for y'all and how you can kind of keep sustainability and eco-friendly habits, how you can kind of adapt those into your lifestyle in the easiest way possible. Emma is wonderful to talk to. She's very interesting, and we have quite a little, a lot in common that I realized because we have very similar um, interests and come from very similar backgrounds. So I'm going to keep this intro as short as possible, but I want to go ahead and give a little bit more information about her and who she is. So the Fit Simple Environmentalist was founded by Emma, a practical environmental activist. Emma focuses on making eco-friendly living accessible by making it free or lower cost, easy and fun for everyone. She's passionate about the planet and ensuring we all have access to a clean planet in future. She posts about zero waste on a budget, environmental activism, food waste, recycling, and everything in between on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Let's go ahead and dive into today's conversation. Hello, hello, Emma. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's so exciting to have you on. I feel like you've been traveling for a while now, so I feel like this is a good time for us to catch up too. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we start the podcast off with our favorites of the week. I have one. I'll go first, and then you want to go second? Sure. Cool. So my favorite of the week is that I live in Texas, so no, no brainer that it's always hot here, especially like... Literally, this summer was like the worst summer. Like it was just the heat was over a hundred, probably like multiple months in a row, at least two months in a row. It was oh wow, crazy. And this weekend we had a cold front come through. So all all day today, like my office, no AC is on, just my little fan in the corner, and I have like the windows open and the door was open and just a nice breeze. Oh, it's the best. It's just been wonderful. I'm wearing a sweater right now. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Last year was our last summer in Vegas. So I know exactly how you feel when it finally dips below like 90 in the South. It's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. I just can't, I can't imagine what it would be like to live c- closer to you where it's just like always sweater weather. <laughs> yeah, this is my first like real fall in probably six years. And I'm really soaking it in wearing sweaters and sweatshirts and just all the cozy vibes. Oh, I love it. My dream. You're living my dream. All right. Do you have any favorites for the week? Yeah, we were in Yellowstone this week. So I guess just that as a whole was a favorite. It was amazing. And we got the best weather. It was like 60 and sunny. So perfect for hiking and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And we got to see all sorts of wildlife. Um, Bighorn sheep, pronghorn antelope, bison, coyote, mountain goats. Mountain goats was the best. Oh, wow. They're so cute. I feel like mountain goats get in like the weirdest places too. Like you're hiking and you like look up and you're like, how did it even climb up there? Yeah. And they're just having a snack, just chilling on a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I've never been to Yellowstone, but I've seen photos, of course. It's so famous Mm. and it just looks 
like incredible. Any park like that is just crazy how it exists. It really is amazing. Okay, well, let's hop into today's topic. So for everyone listening, we are talking about, well, Emma, who you'll go into it, I'm sure, posts on social under the simple environmentalist. So I feel like Mm -hmm. there's no better topic to talk about than how you can keep sustainability simple when it's such a huge, large, kind of daunting and overwhelming term that encompasses so much. So that's Mm -hmm. what we're going to be talking about today. So Emma, please introduce yourself. And also, if you could kind of touch on your journey with sustainability, that would be amazing. Sure. So yeah, my name is Emma, and I am at The Simple Environmentalist on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube are my main platforms. Um, Started off on YouTube like back before TikTok existed and loved making long form content. And my whole goal since the beginning was to make zero waste living, eco living simple, hence the name. I wanted zero waste living to not be challenging, to not be expensive, to not be hard and daunting really. Because for me, I didn't wanna change my whole life to have less of an impact on the planet. And I figured a lot of people were probably in the same boat as me, people who didn't have you know, the money to buy a bunch of swaps or the energy to make a bunch of stuff DIY. So that's always been my mission since day one on YouTube and then eventually hopped onto Instagram and TikTok. And now I love making short form content. (laughs) I love it. That's so interesting. I didn't realize you started on YouTube. Yeah. Back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Cause I know you from TikTok and then Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then now we have several creators that we're all in a group and we kind of meet every once in a while. I feel like we used to meet pretty regularly, maybe about a year ago and then I guess yeah. just holidays and things happen. So we've kind of kind of gotten off of that. But um, that's kind of how we really got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Okay, so you're very active under the handle, the simple environmentalist. I kind of, you, you touched on it a little bit, but I wonder if you can elaborate. What was the inspiration behind picking that name out of all the ones you could have picked? Originally, I wanted to do the practical environmentalist, but I'm like, that's a mouthful. Let me shorten it a little bit. <laughs> Um, but I, I didn't want something like, I don't know, easy or something like that. I wanted it to, um, really just exemplify that my form of environmentalism is simple. It is easy. And I wanted that to be, I don't know, something for other people to look, look at as well, as well as to show that everybody can be an environmentalist and it can be easy. I love that. Okay. Do you have any examples of what taking sustainability into these bite-sized pieces, what that looks like? Any examples? I mean, stuff I do every day, right? Like remembering to turn off the lights when I leave a room, remembering to shut off the water when I brush my teeth, like very, very simple stuff like that. And I don't know, doing a bunch of small things every single day really does have a big impact. And that's kind of been my whole motto too this whole time is like your small actions really do make a big impact, especially when you look at it from a bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. When you just do one small thing one day, it might seem meaningless. But you know, I've been using the same reusable water bottle for like, five years. And like looking at that and imagining how many plastic water bottles I've saved just me, and then inspiring my friends to do the same and coworkers and family members to do the same. And really just seeing how much that um, that can snowball. I love that. I I don't know if I've ever thought about it as this snowball effect, but it definitely is. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I like that you bring up that it's a bunch of little things because I do feel like this space can feel really loud with a lot of voices saying you have to be perfect and it makes you feel like you don't want to do anything at all, you know, 
or exactly. Yeah. Or guilty. Like when you don't do something a hundred percent and you can only have the ability, I guess, or the accessibility, whether it depends on time mm-hmm. or money or whatever the situation is to only do it mm-hmm. like 30% of the way instead of a hundred percent of the way. Yeah. And I'm really happy to see that the movement has shifted over the past few years. Cause like in the early days of the zero waste movement, like five to 10 years ago, it really was that like you had to be perfect as an individual. And that was all that mattered. And I'm really happy to see that it's shifting more towards if you use one piece of plastic, you're not killing the planet as an individual. If you have to take a flight, it's probably fine. And more focusing on big government action. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely something I've seen a lot as well. And it's so refreshing. What would be your one piece of advice for someone to keep it simple and not get so overwhelmed when it comes to making these changes? Sure. I would definitely say focus on what you can do right now in the moment. If you want to have a bigger goal of like saying starting a compost, starting a garden, going vegan for the planet, whatever it may be, work up to that goal. But if it seems difficult, daunting, unattainable for the time being, focus on what you can do with what you have, like already in your home or maybe at your local store instead of having to buy something online. So I just keep bringing it back to energy and water conservation because that stuff's very easy and it doesn't require you to buy anything. In fact, it can save you money. So that's always what I come back to, like remembering to turn off the lights and turn off the water and other stuff like in your daily routines, like when it comes to grocery shopping or going out and about, going regular shopping, going to work. How can you incorporate small eco actions into your everyday life um, without having to spend a bunch of money or do big fancy swaps? Yeah, I love that. And I feel you on like trying to think of examples too, because like once you incorporate them into your routine, you almost forget that it's something you started because you wanted to be more planet friendly. Looking at like my everyday life, you know, as I go through the motions, it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything eco, but taking a step back and it's like, oh, actually my morning routine is eco-friendly. The way I prepare my meals is eco-friendly and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, so what I was going to say is you have been living out of an RV for the last month. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, since March. March. Okay. So like multiple months now. <laughs> yeah. And I bet that was an adjustment too, moving from a home where you have a little bit more freedom to do this stuff into something that your space is a little bit more constricted. Yeah, for sure. So we were in Vegas for just shy of two years and it was a pretty, it was big for my standards. This is not, it's not like very big for most Americans, I'm sure, but it was like a three bed, two bath, really big house. And now we're in a 200 square foot RV. So we had a full compost. We had a, um, a clothesline. I was able to make a bunch of stuff from scratch, like tortillas and breads and peanut butter and stuff. And now I just simply don't have the space for all of that, as well as my oven in the RV. It's so, so bad. So I can't do stuff like make fresh bread because it'll just burn. Oh, no. <laughs> Are there any ways that you kind of get around that? Like the composting and other stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a Lomi, which isn't true compost. And like, it's a very nuanced topic. I actually have a full video on my YouTube channel breaking down is the Lomi actually eco-friendly or not? And I think for someone in my situation, it is eco-friendly because I don't have any access to any sort of other compost. So it would be going to the landfill if I didn't have the Lomi. For the laundry, we just use laundromats. And even at laundromats, we can't even control things like temperature and time. Mm. So that's just something I have to work with what I've got. If I, if I can't change my laundry routine because I only have access to this certain laundromat, I'm not going to sweat it because... I can make changes elsewhere and it's literally out of my control. I can't really think of anything eco that we've incorporated since moving into the RV. Um, But we have taken some habits 
from our other everyday life. Like we still try to seek out bulk stores when available. I use food waste to make recipes like brown bananas. I turn into banana bread. Um, we still turn off lights, turn off water and stuff like that. And I guess having such a small space now we have, we're using less energy to heat it, cool it and stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. I love that those are all great ways to do that. And I honestly feel like maybe even going to your laundromat is kind of like a community thing almost too, like getting a, mm -hmm. a sense for your surroundings and like it's a communal space. So maybe you can't select like how long things are or the heat on specific machine, but I feel like there's got to be a way for that to be a little bit more sustainable too, you know, because it's a community location. I think, I mean, the community aspect for sure, every single laundromat we've been in, like we were, we were um, in one place the entire summer. So like we really got to get to know the people at that campground. But even since being on the road, all of the laundromats have been very communal. Like they have free little libraries inside and people will leave like extra laundry tokens for people to use later and stuff like that. But also the eco aspect of um, renting and borrowing stuff is kind of in play there. So instead of everybody having to buy a washer and dryer, now we all get to borrow the same ones yeah. and like less stuff has to be created that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sharing the same resource versus everybody having their own. Okay. I have a question for you and I feel like, sorry to back up a little bit here, but I was thinking about a Lomi and I'm not sure everyone listening knows what a Lomi is. So if you could tell everyone what it is. Yeah. So Lomi is a composter machine. Um, for those of you not watching composter in quotes um it doesn't actually turn it into true compost it's more of a, um, a long form dehydrator so it will remove all the methane from your food waste so if you do have to still throw that food waste away it won't be as harmful when you put it in a landfill but if you still want to use it you should probably put it in an actual compost setting to continue to break down because it's not fully broken down in this machine but it still helps reduce food waste which is great for people like me in really small spaces or maybe don't have access to other forms of composting. Oh, okay, cool. Because I know I've seen a Lomi. I definitely get targeted ads for that. But I didn't know all the nuance behind like, you know, what it actually is or if it actually works. So it does work. But you know, it is a machine. It does have to be created from new new materials. So it's not the most eco-friendly thing to create. But over its lifetime, it will reduce a lot of methane emissions, which is great. So I'm not trying to say it's for everybody, but if it works for you in your situation, then it can be a good thing and it works. Okay, cool. Well, good to know. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is, what is your definition of an environmentalist? Because I feel like it's a big word and I think a lot of people feel scared almost to call themselves an environmentalist. So I would love your take on that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely didn't want to call myself an environmentalist at first because I'm like, I don't have a degree. I don't work in environmental science. But honestly, my definition is very close to like the Google definition. And that is just anybody who simply cares about the planet, whether you can make a bunch of eco changes right now, or you already are, or you're making zero eco changes, as long as you care about the planet and you're conscious about your actions and the actions really of all humans on the environment, that's what it means to me to be an environmentalist. I love it. Simple. It's a simple environmentalist. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's super cool because I feel like, yeah, like I said, like a lot of people hear environmentalists and they think, oh, you, it's like scientist or like, you know, a doctor mm -hmm. or something where you have to have a degree to back it up or some sort of, you know, reason to call yourself that. But in reality, that's not true. Anybody who loves the planet can really call themselves an environmentalist. Yeah. 
I actually just filmed a YouTube video talking about being in the Air Force as an environmentalist because someone commented on one of my videos once like, how dare you? You're such a hypocrite being in the military. And I'm like, I get that. The military is extremely wasteful. But I had a realization when I was filming that video, and that is we need environmentalists in every sector. Because if we only had environmentalists working in environmental science and being, you know, park rangers or whatever, there wouldn't be a movement. We need environmentalists who are teachers, who are in wasteful industries, who are working in fast food and all that stuff, because then we can make more changes throughout all of these wasteful industries. I love that. I think that's so important. And it's almost like you're fighting the fight in the belly of the beast. Right. Like all it takes is one person to share your ideas with someone else, even if it's not like, like we're not, I'm not saying like shove it down other people's throats because I think right, right. there's definitely some people out there who do try to make you feel bad if you can't do everything great like we mm -hmm. talked about. But if it's like bringing your reusable water bottle every single day and then that becomes your thing, like, oh, Chris always brings her reusable water bottle. And then you have a sort of influence with those people too. Maybe they feel encouraged because someone else is doing it to do it as well. Yeah, exactly. Lead by example. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so cool. Okay, so you were in the Air Force, also an environmentalist. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to talk about that more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> what are your thoughts? So the Air Force is actually the reason I am where I am, like with making content. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very small farming community where like we didn't even have recycling we didn't and we didn't see things like air pollution physical pollution ocean levels because we were in Ohio <laughs> anything we didn't see any sort of human impacts on the environment in that community so it wasn't until I joined the Air Force and moved to Texas actually I lived in San Angelo for about a year that's still kind of in the middle of nowhere uh -huh. but at least there was recycling sort of and then from there I moved to Okinawa Japan where I started to see the impact of ocean levels extreme weather events in the form of typhoons. We were one stop on the great way to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is a big floating island of trash mm -hmm. in the Pacific Ocean. So tons of ocean pollution. And then the Air Force moved us to Vegas, where I got very passionate about water conservation and water rights in the desert. And then uh, we moved to Washington. And that's where I got very inspired to learn more about dams and in the forms of like conservation with animals and habitats, as well as using it for green energy. So Every single place the Air Force has moved me, I've learned about a new issue when it comes to environmentalism and the eco-movement um, and opened my eyes to all these things. So I literally would not have started my social media had I not joined the Air Force and moved to all these places. Wow. So just seeing that you felt called to talk about it more and learn more, is that kind of... Yeah, because I, I figured there are tons of people growing up in places like me that didn't have access to... I mean, not access... We just didn't have our eyes open to all these global issues and stuff. So I'm like, if I don't know about ocean pollution or droughts in the desert, surely someone else doesn't know about this. I want to educate others. And that's why I started my YouTube channel was to educate others about the stuff that I was learning. I love that. Have you gotten like good feedback on all that too? Like you feel like it's actually serving a purpose too? Yeah, for the most part, I get comments saying like, oh, well, I didn't know that and stuff like that. Of course, there's always haters, but <laughs> there will always be haters on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, a video this past week go viral about a Swedish dishcloth. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it got on like the European side of TikTok and it's very oh, common God. over there to use a Swedish dishcloth. And it's called so many things other than a Swedish dishcloth. 
But in the U.S., this is what it's called. Like if you want to buy one, you got to search up Swedish dishcloth. Anyway, so there's a ton of haters there and a lot of people who are absolutely shocked that Americans use paper towels for everything. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common. Like I grew up in a home that- It really is. If you didn't want to wash the dishes, we used paper plates. Yep, same. That's just how it was. I made a video like that recently too, talking about like, um, it was like one of those POV videos. Like, oh, I'm at my friend's house. Where are your paper plates? I don't have paper plates. I use regular plates. And like the friend is supposed to be shocked. And I, again, got a bunch of Europeans in my comments being like, what do you mean? That's fake. Nobody uses paper plates. I'm like, yes, Americans do. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And, you know, I guess for maybe like birthday parties, I guess I get it where there's an influx Mm -hmm. of people and you don't have enough plates. Mm -hmm. I I get that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. just my regular family dinners growing up would be like, eh. (laughs) And the argument was you're saving water. (laughs) <laughs> yep, that was always the argument, <laughs> which is funny because paper plates need so much water to be created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just so interesting that just interesting, but they're always be haters. So I hear you mm-hmm. on that. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I would love some more advice from you just for anybody listening. So I think a lot of our audience would consider themselves an environmentalist, or maybe at least like on mm-hmm. the way to calling themselves that. Do you have any advice for these people? Just some simple ways, maybe a way that you like to reframe certain things in your head to not feel so guilty when you can't do something to 100%. Yeah, this is something I've focused on myself, changing my mindset over the past, I don't know, like two years. I've been working on this just because, like I mentioned earlier, the movement was very individual focused a couple years ago. Like when I started my YouTube channel too, I was very focused on what we need to do as individuals to fight climate change. And one day, I think it was just one random day in the summer of 2021. (laughs) I just, it just kind of clicked for me that like me choosing, you know, a candy bar in plastic is literally not causing climate change, nor is it going to make climate change worse or the plastic pollution crisis worse. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's a fine line. If you're over consuming, if you're flying excessively and stuff like that, that probably might, I don't know, it depends. As an individual, like someone like us, it's not going to have a big impact. But if you're like a celebrity, you're a billionaire, it's going to have an impact. So individual impact does matter when you have a certain amount of wealth. Um, but us average Joes, just remembering that like your one individual wasteful action that you're making today isn't going to make or break anything. Now, if you want to make more eco actions, it's going to have a positive impact. But the negative impact in quotes that you might be making by choosing something in plastic it's not the end of the world. And maybe it's easier said than done. And it does take some practice getting that mindset um, in your regular routine. But hopefully, eventually, it'll click for everybody. I love that. I think that's great advice that your individual impact does. I mean, it does have an impact. But if you are like, super hungry, and a bag of chips is your only option, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You're not Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's also the, the thought that like, one like one video educating is not going to change the world, but it might educate one person who does, you know, that same kind of thought process. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Okay. What would be the biggest thing that you've learned so far in your sustainability journey? Perhaps that we need more community um, and bringing it all back to a few years ago, it was all about the individual, but I just really have loved seeing how the movement has changed to, you know, 
creating groups of people that you can chat with online about things that you enjoy or that you're struggling with in the eco movement, creating physical communities in your area, such as a community garden, a free little library, attending rallies and stuff like that. Building community, I think, is just the way forward with the environmental movement. Interesting. Do you have any thoughts on how to get involved in a community like that or to start one? If you're in a bigger city, you could probably Google search or Facebook search like zero waste plus your city. For example, when I was moving to Spokane, I searched on Facebook zero waste Spokane and I found a local group that was available to me. But again, that's for bigger cities. If you're in smaller rural areas, you might just have to be the one to start it. But even something as simple as joining your city's or your town's buy nothing group or your Facebook marketplace for your region and starting to trade with people and buy secondhand from your neighbors and stuff like that. As for like more of a physical community, because that's mostly online stuff. Um, I guess if you're in school, for example, my mom's a teacher. She started an eco club for her students. She's a middle school teacher. So they do stuff like eco bricking and talking about composting and stuff that they can do in their school. So you could join or start something like that, you know, middle school, high school, or even college. Let's see at two of my workplaces, I started a recycling program. So I didn't start like a full on eco club or anything. I'm not sure if most workplaces would take that well, but even something like um, a recycling program or a free little library at work, building community that way. I love that. I think that's so cool. Just seeing what is available to you and taking advantage of the gap that you see. Yeah, for sure. So cool. And I feel like I understand why me and you get along because my mom is also a high school teacher. Well, high school, not middle school. Oh, no way. <laughs> and that's where <laughs> I learned so much of my sustainability stuff. She was an environmental science teacher for a few years. Oh, cool. And uh, I think, I don't know if it was her or if she just adopted it and some student wanted to make it. I'm not sure. But an environmental club at her high school. And of course, I kind of grew up oh, wow. with that. So I learned a lot of what I know now just because... I was a kid hanging out with mom at work, you know? That's awesome. So cool. I feel like it makes sense. I understand you a little bit better now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, any any other advice, any other things you want to talk about? Anybody listening that mm. um, is interested in simple sustainability? Yeah, I guess as a whole, focus on what you already have. You don't need to go out and buy a bunch of eco swaps. And you don't have to make a bunch of physical changes either. It could be... For example, you don't have to buy like a coffee cup and a reusable water bottle when you can do stuff like save energy, compost, save water, that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely work with what you've got. If you have, you know, an empty peanut butter jar, wash it out and that can be your reusable water bottle for now. I love it. So smart. Just reuse what you have. Yeah, exactly. I've also used um, empty peanut butter jars and I put like oatmeal in there with milk and like kind of swish it around. Oh, yeah. Good overnight oats. That sounds good. Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Please share where everyone can find you. Of course. So I'm um, at The Simple Environmentalist on Instagram and YouTube and at Simple Environmentalist on TikTok. They don't give me enough characters. Um, <laughs> and yeah, those are my three platforms. I also have a website and maybe a blog in the future. Um, it's also just thesimpleenvironmentalist.com. I love it. I love it. Get that brand name out there, girl. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a perfect one. I really can't get over just like how amazing and so perfectly fitting it is with everything you talk about. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We'll have to have you on another time. Maybe we can talk about something else. For sure. I could talk about environmentalism all day long. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Thank you.
We have made it to good climate news. Today's article is titled, More Reasons to Love Nacho Fries. Taco Bell introduces vegan nacho sauce nationwide and new larger size. As we know, eating a more plant-based diet is just inherently more sustainable and more eco-friendly because it reduces your carbon emissions. More, I mean, We can talk more about that on another episode, but just sticking back to the article, I love that a huge fast food chain like Taco Bell is introducing vegan options. So hopefully this is something that they continue to introduce in some of their other menus. But also, I have not tried these, but definitely on my list of things that I want to try. So if you are interested in reading more about that, that will be linked in the show notes. As always, you can follow the podcast at Mind Body Planet Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me, Crystal and Geyer, on all major social media platforms. And if you've made it this far, please leave us a review on Spotify and Apple. And if you're listening on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up and a comment. And thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye.